This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, man. And, and speaking of physicality and, you know, fouling and free throw discrepancy, the Rockets do have the Oklahoma City Thunder at Toyota Center. They're hosting these guys after this road trip. And I mentioned it earlier at the top of the show, man. The Rockets need a win, man. They, 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 they need a W just to get out of this funk, man. They've lost three straight. They play a lot better at home. They're not very good on the road. Conversely, the Thunder, it is a really good road team. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a really good team, period, right? They're, they're, they're second in the West as we speak, or at least the, the last time that I looked is <laughs> closest to when we speak. Um, second in the NBA in net rating. Um, top five. It looks like I'm seeing here they're the only team in the top five in field goal percentage, free throw percentage, and three-point percentage. It's a team that they've talked about or at least in recent days, looking ahead to this matchup, they've talked about trying to defend without fouling, considering the best player on that team is Shea Gildress Alexander. And he's somebody that is does a good job of getting to the foul line and hitting his free throws. Um, the big story, I think, or the, the the main headline in this game between the Rockets and the Thunder is probably the the first matchup between the number two overall pick uh, from from, I guess, now two drafts ago or from let's just call it from 2022 in Chet Holmgren and then Jabari Smith Jr., uh, the number three overall pick who the Rockets selected. But I think I think that's the game within the game, but it's also an interesting matchup in terms of, you know, the Rockets doing all of this fouling and all of this hacking. You know, their primary defenders in Dylan Brooks and Jay Sean Tate being guys who quite frankly foul a lot and the Thunder being a team that takes advantage of getting fouled and getting to the line and it's, and it just is overall a really good team. How are you sort of viewing this matchup going in? What's the, what's sort of the, the storyline that you're most attentive to keeping in mind, you got this Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren thing going. Well, I, I think you said it a minute ago, they need to, they need a win. And I'll be really interested just to see how they respond to the road trip, especially Saturday where Ime Udoka called out the effort. Like he did not think the effort was good enough on on Saturday. So, you know, does that mean that they compensate and does that mean that you see the correct amount of effort played in this game uh, that, that you would like to see? Um, they have responded well when they have been challenged so far by Udoka. So um, are they able to do that again? Uh, the schedule, Hey man, it's the West uh, and the schedule is pretty unforgiving, but you play this game and then you play um, Denver on Friday 
and then you get a little bit of a lull just in terms of terms of opponents where it's San Antonio, Memphis, Memphis, and Memphis won't have John Morant um, during that stretch. So um, it's an opportunity. If you can get this game, I think that you would feel pretty good about how things would go before you get into that East Coast trip with uh, where uh, they have Milwaukee or I guess Midwest trip with Milwaukee and Cleveland. Um, so I think certainly they need they need a win um, just if anything to make sure that they're they don't you don't want to fall too far below 500 as you're trying to get one of these playing spots. Um, as for the game itself, uh, I'll be interested to see who they stick Dylan Brooks on. Um, is this a matchup where they want him on Shea Gilgis Alexander? I don't know if you would want to have that as a primary matchup because, like you talked about with the fouls, that's a really good way of uh, of getting uh, Dylan Brooks into some foul trouble and not having him on the floor a whole lot. But uh, I, I'm I would like to see Chet Holmgren play, and I think that we've been waiting for this for a long time. Um, I, I think there was a thought that maybe he could wind up as a rocket, you know, just with the third pick once Paolo Bancaro. Uh, was taken one. I think that a lot of people thought that Jabari Smith would go to, I know Jabari thought that he was going to go to, to Oklahoma city after Orlando passed on him. And would that leave Chet to the Rockets? Uh, and Chet's been really good. And I think people forget how good of a prospect he was when he was at Gonzaga. I mean, this was a guy who I think a lot of people thought would be, I think he didn't go number one because I think people were looking for reasons not to take him number one. And it was the slight build and, you know, some of the, you know, people worried about the injury stuff, but he's like a shorter women. He, he's a shorter Victor women. Yes. Almost like with the skill level and the size and the shot blocking ability. And uh, he's a better shooter. And I just remember it, there was one sequence with him at Gonzaga. Um, he, and it, it's hard when you're playing at Gonzaga because your toughest games of the season are really early in the season. And when you're just out of high school, that, that's tough. Like it, it's tough to play your toughest games when you're just starting your college career. And so he got a lot better as that season went along, but he was playing against easier competition. And so he had one sequence to get to San Diego where he hits a three on one end of the floor. Next trip down, he blocks a shot, gets the rebound himself and takes it to the rim all on his own for a dunk. It was just an absurd three possession sequence that really, I don't know how many people could actually, nobody else could do that probably uh, in the college game, but to see him be able to do that, it's like, wow, that's that. How is that real? And you're starting now that he's healthy. You've seen that start to translate over in the NBA and he's competitive as hell. Um, he's just so incredibly skilled and it's just, it's going to be a really fun matchup just to see him against Shingun, to see him against Smith, uh, because in essence, you're going to see a lot of just the future of the league in this game. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. And I'm also glad that you made the Victor Wimbenyama parallel there, because I, I have thought this, I think since the preseason, because I watched the Thunder and the Spurs play against each other in the preseason, and it was a it was a back and forth between, at, at times at least, between Wimby and Chet. And it was one of those where you're like, man, this this does look exactly like the future of the league. But it really kind of put into focus how the year before, before like the Victor hype had really taken off the way it the way it eventually did when it was time for him to really get drafted or, you know, when it was the his draft coming up. Chet was kind of like that. It's like the the seven, the guy that's over seven feet, but has guard skills and, and plays like a guard. 
but has these long arms and can really kind of transcend things for you defensively. Kind of what Kevin Durant has turned into. And I'm not saying these guys are going to necessarily be Kevin Durant or be like an all-time scorer the way Durant is, but the way he can kind of control both ends of the floor simultaneously, like the, the exact play that you illustrate there where you block a shot on one end, where you, you like you make a shot on one end, come down to the other, block a shot, then take it down to the other. Uh, and you're basically just the – you are, in, in, for all intents and purposes, the team in, in some in some stretches. You're, you're the defensive anchor, and you're the guy who can do anything on offense. You know, like, to me, it's the, it's the future. I heard, I heard an interesting point of, like, hey, there are going to be more guys like this going forward, like more guys who are seven feet that are just going to train – and build themselves up to be essentially guards in mutant bodies in seven seven one seven two plus bodies now i don't know how many guys like there's not like that many guys that are that tall to begin with that are that just exist but the guys who are are going to be more inclined to train and be like like gone are the days where you're seven two and you're going to play like you know you're not you're not playing back to the basket hey i want to be sort of the traditional what a 7-2 guy used to be you want to look like chet you want to you want to look like wimby you know you want to be you know the 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 old the oldest school version of it would be like rick smith's you know what i mean you want to be a, a taller guy who shoots jumpers well, and does durant. things like that or, or you want to be kevin you want to be kevin durant that's what started it was yeah yeah you want to be kevin durant certainly like that's that's what we're looking at we're, we're not looking at the traditional kind of big man this is the big man of the future and you know jabari to a lesser degree is that you know he's more of a traditional big man height at 1660 that's or whatever he is but very much so looking forward to the future of the game i do think it's interesting that all the way leading up to the draft and you and i did draft coverage and we're all over this we thought basically up until that day and there was talk about it earlier in the in the day of the draft but going into that day it seemed like jabari smith jr would be the number one overall pick and he slides from one all the way to three and meanwhile to your point chet is somebody who could have easily been the number one overall pick and neither one of them was the number one overall pick right you know so you got a draft with three guys who were highly regarded any of them could have gone first and you see how it played out but because of Chet's Chet Holmgren's injury last year, you didn't get to see this matchup because of the odd scheduling and the fact that the Rockets have not played the Thunder yet, despite having played the, the Nuggets 55 times already. You haven't seen that matchup yet. And then underlying for this to me, Adam, is Chet's coming out the gate here. Like, for all intents and purposes, this is his rookie season because he didn't play last year because of the injury. Chet's coming out of the gate looking like, I wouldn't say superstar status, but looking like, hey, he could be, you see where that guy could be a top two or three player on a winning team. He already kind of is. Whereas Jabari, I think a good way to put it is, the way I saw it written, one of our colleagues, Michael Shapiro, I saw him write it as kind of a more of a slow burn. You know, it was a disappointing start to his career, but he kind of picked it up there at the end of his rookie year. We talk about summer league and how great he was. And then this year, man, he's been wildly consistent, 
wildly efficient that field goal percentage is up closer to around 50 and the three-point percentage correct me if i'm wrong on these numbers i don't have them in front of me but i think the three-point percentage three-point percentage is somewhere around 35 and so it's it's better uh and correct me if i'm wrong on those numbers i just went off of memory i could be off but i feel like it's way better now and now it feels like more of a it feels like more of a matchup than it would have last year when Jabari was struggling and obviously Chet didn't play. So, uh, so I'm, I'm highly anticipating it. I think from a, from a rocket standpoint, I I would wait to put Dylan Brooks on Shea Gilders Alexander until later in the game to kind of preserve him and see, honestly, I'd like to see Jalen green step up and play a little defense on on, on Shea. And, and maybe that is the assignment. We'll see how they play, how it plays out. But I think this is one of the more fun games and more fun matchups for the Rockets for a number of reasons. Yeah, and both teams are, are rested and both teams are healthy. And so, or at least I believe so. I, I haven't seen, I'll look and see if there's an Oklahoma City injury report right now. But you're going to, you should be able to see these teams at full strength and, and see them seemingly at their best. And so I think that that's, another reason why tomorrow is is going to be a lot of fun